Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. center of the galaxy this is the four center podcast feed and this particular episode of the four center podcast feed is the clone wars report (laughs) 
That was great. I wait for drums and horns, and I would say that was really a percussive guitar, sitar maybe. That was a little bit of, of some kind of string instrument. Yeah, I was. I I, you, I realized you were very correct. Uh, it's either the trumpets or the drums. That, so I wanted to bring another part of the orchestra in today. I don't know if I succeeded, but it's no, there. I think you absolutely nailed it. I think that was a tribute to Kevin Kiner because there is a lot of exactly yeah. that kind of music where like it's it's definitely strings, but there's something a little bit uh, percussive about it. That's really used a lot when we're on planets uh, in these early episodes that are have like a different environment. Right. And it, it yeah. gets just that slightly different mood. We're not up in in space in war. We're down here on the ground in this slightly different environment. And then the strings come out to play. Agreed. Agreed. Some wonderful instruments in there. And and I, I still think he takes a lot of the cues probably just from his own genius, but. Not just not just John Williams in general, but that prequel John Williams, who himself, especially in Revenge of the Sith, tried different things too. So it works really well. Yeah, a ton of experimentations, and there's some uh, musically in this very episode that we are going to discuss. We're working our way through, of course, the entire show, but we're in season two now. We're watching in chronological order, so it makes you know narrative sense because there are some parts that really, really are difficult if you don't watch them in chronological order. The episode we're discussing today is Season 2, Episode 10, The Deserter. It is written by Carl Ellsworth and directed by Robert Dalva. This episode uh, is uh, kind of a part of an arc, uh, but it really stands alone. It is continuing from the previous episode, but I think it's its own story, right, Ken? I actually really do. Uh, we, we've been talking about this and, and how you've been uh, breaking them up in the arcs. And, and, and uh, absolutely. I mean, without the opening crawl, you know, and, and yes, Grievous or Chasing Grievous. But really, it, it, it's this, uh, I think of a great episode of MASH where Alan Alda gets injured in a like an accident or something. He has to stay awake to stay alive at a, at a Vietnamese, uh, Vietnamese family's uh, uh, house, like a little, little farm. And uh, this episode reminded me of that. Oh, yeah, this is definitely, this is an episode of MASH with clone troopers for sure. Really? Uh, that's a great summary. Here is the the summary for the episode, and then we'll dive into all of our, our thoughts and reactions. Crash landing. General Grievous escaped the clutches of the Republic only to be marooned on the surface of Seleucami. Like the coward he is, Grievous runs, trying to find an escape pod with a working transmitter to call for help. In close pursuit, Obi-Wan splits up his forces. Rex and a band of clones are ambushed by commando droids. Rex is badly injured and finds shelter at a small farm where he encounters a familiar face, his own, in the form of Cut Laquane, a clone who deserted the Republic Army after his squad was pointlessly slaughtered shortly after the Battle of Geonosis. Rex argues that Cut is a deserter. Cut argues that Rex is blindly supporting the war because of his programming. The two clones' beliefs are put to the test when Cut's kids accidentally activate an escape pod full of commando droids. Working together to protect Cut's family and one another, the commando droids are destroyed. Meanwhile, Grievous escapes Obi-Wan's grasp, leaving the Jedi Master frustrated and depressed. Rex's body and, it appears, soul are healed as he leaves Cut's farm with respect for the clone deserter's devotion to his family. Rex rides off into the sunset back to his family of clones, Jedi, and the Republic itself. The mm. end. That's great. That's great. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. I have so much uh, fun with these, uh, pulling mm. out uh, what are the meaningful moments to me, trying to communicate the main beats, and then also uh, trying to sneak in some alliteration. Uh, but let's get into your reaction. Did you love this episode? Like it? Struggle with it? Prefer the MASH version? What What did you think? 
<laughs> and uh, yeah, um, you and I have been talking a lot about the Muppet Show uh, off air, and uh, you know, Muppet Show and Mash are some of just my earliest memories of consuming any content as a young. <laughs> so it's always up there. No, um, this is a this to me is a, a great episode, uh, but it's a really good example of what a Star Wars show can take the time to do. It's it's a pause and a deep breath to kind of dig in and. And I'm always going to want the movies, always going to want to be in the theater if, if possible to experience a Star Wars movie or, you know, at home on my couch. Now I'll, I'll take both. I do love the movies. Um, but you hear a lot of people craving that long form storytelling and that's kind of the trend and that's kind of where we're going. MCU's killing it right now. Mandalorian killed it. Uh, this is an example of why that is valuable storytelling. I don't think you get this in a movie. You don't have the time. So I think that's a good place to start for me. And, and it prompts some important questions. Doesn't jam any answers into the story. It's very poignant and purposeful, but has the big picture of the Clone Wars in mind. And and, and I love kind of big, big, big picture discussions in this one. Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree with you. I really like this episode. And that's such a good point that it is an episode that can uh, slow down to spend time with a kind of emotion and philosophy. Uh, and also I feel like one of the, ideas in this episode that I really like that would be hard to do in a Star Wars movie unless it was the entire point of the movie, which was to actually slow down the war, to slow down mm -hmm. the action itself. And there is absolutely action in this episode, fun action. But there's so much about it to me that this episode is about the exhaustion and the drudgery of war. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we have lots of slow, beautiful shots of this beautiful organic planet that really uh, are in contrast to this sort of um, other thoughtful episodes, but the episodes that are like, they're like we just watched, like there are, you know, seven lightsaber battles, ships are blowing mm -hmm. up. It, it, war is not ever treated like overly glamorized, mm -hmm. but it's this fun action thrill, one thing to the next. And then this episode is like, yeah, and sometimes war is just slowly trying to walk somewhere so you don't die, <laughs> you know? And, and I think that's uh, such a great point that that would be hard to do just in the middle of a movie and really give it its, uh, its weight. Yeah. And, and, and they handle, we're going to dive in, but they, they handle, they handle the, the big conversation so well. And, and I, I say this, it, it doesn't like, hear me out here. It doesn't incriminate like Rex and his devotion to not necessarily the war, but his clones, his brothers, where it ends up. I really like the way just everything was handled. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, um, like I said, poignant, but very purposeful and, and thoughtful. This is a thoughtful episode. Yeah, no, I agree. I think this is really, it, it, this episode almost feels like to me, you know, I, I did watch the behind the, the, the scenes featurette this week, but it was all about Dejeric and <laughs> right. not some of the yep. bigger ideas. Uh, it, this episode feels to me almost like a conversation that emanated, uh, an, an episode that emanated out of just the question of, so do the clones believe in the war? Mm -hmm. And if they do, is it because of programming? Propaganda? Is it personal? And I think it is great to have an episode that really, really directly raises that question and wrestles with it. Uh, mm -hmm. We've definitely had like that really early episode where a clone is not happy uh, being yeah. a part of it all uh, in is you know, a, a traitor. Uh, but yeah. this is different. It's uh, slower and deeper. And like you're saying, examines it from a lot of different angles. Yeah. And it's it's really this is one of those moments where Star Wars in general, but the Clone Wars in particular, is this really interesting mix of like, yeah, it's it's a show for kids. It's, you know, thrilling and exciting. And it starts with a moral and it tries to teach kids, uh, you know, important moral ideas. 
But this this episode in particular is one of those episodes that this is a sophisticated dark stuff for a kid show. Like, were our heroes all born to die? Anyway, buy the action figures and wrestle with it, kids, you know? <laughs> Literally wrestle with the philosophy in your hands. Three and three exactly. quarters available. <laughs> exactly. Press the why do I exist button on the back of Rex, you know? Love it. It's just one of those things. Sometimes when I kind of uh, bang on about yeah. one of the uh, dualities of Star Wars being the the absurd and profound, it's stuff like this. Of you know, it's a yeah. fun action movie about cool guys or action story about cool guys and in, in armor. But right. it is also about like why do we fight? What is the point of existence? <laughs> yeah, well, and look, and Filoni has said several times in interviews over the years that he he a lot of. Um, Military people have reached out and say how much they love the Clone Wars and really captured the experience. And, I, and I'm not speaking for them. That's not my experience. But I, this episode to me is one of those like it isn't just a ah, showing the brotherhood or showing the cool action. It, it, it's the, the deep thoughts and things that you might struggle with uh, and, and which directions you go, or which, you know, maybe even after you leave the war, does cut represent part of that? And and Rex stayed in. You know, I, I think that's part of the reason um, military personnel probably connecting to the Clone Wars, too, is, is episodes like this. Absolutely. There's so many great uh, clone focused episodes that we'll we'll be getting to. Uh, let's dive into the moral of the episode. Uh, the moral this week is it is the quest for honor that makes one honorable. What did you make of that either personally or in relation to the show? Yeah, I, uh, I always try to break it down even sometimes they're really simple, but sometimes I try to break it down even more simply for my brain. And I put it's the journey, not the destination, question mark. Um, <laughs> meaning um, yeah, honor is this uh, it, it's a good thing, right? You want to work with honor and live with honor and fight with honor, maybe even. Um, so I think that's um, that's what you all should strive to. But I, I really think this the measure of the the measure of the of the person, the measure of the clone, uh, the, the the measure of of uh, of the individual is is what f- flows into what honor actually is. And I just think it's it's simple in that concept, but that really kind of connected with me. This is truly about the. Uh, in the in the individual, and then I put the note down here. Rex say, saying, uh, "You're still a deserter, but not a coward." I'm like, "Well, I guess that t- <laughs> ties to it." <laughs> I love that. That comes at the end of all of this. Rex, Rex, and his brain has to hold on to that. But it it is, um, you know, that not a coward statement to to cut is is that's about that's that's more the honor uh, in, in in the in the title for me. Yeah, I think so. I I, I like your it's uh, not the journey, it's the destination because I, you know, we'll get into the, the depth of it. But I feel like uh, a lot of what this is about is Cut and Rex have really different perspectives, uh, but they realize that they are actually, you know, using the, the, the same set of, you know, standards and honor and they're and they kind of end up in the same destination. Uh so I think there's a little bit of that, just the literal connection to the episode of um, they are not as different as they think. And even if they are approaching it in different ways, they end up taking the same actions. Um, mm-hmm. And then I also think that there is just kind of for that life lesson there. This one is really, uh, it really resonates with me right now. You know, it is the quest for honor that makes one honorable is I think an elegant way to say for me, why I, I like looking for justice for the Jedi <laughs> mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. we watch these episodes, because they absolutely do make, uh, you know, horrific individual mistakes and their horrific big mistake of playing into Sidious's hand and, you know, escalating violence in, in the dark side and, and corrupting themselves uh, by joining in the war at all. They absolutely mm-hmm. make those mistakes. 
Yeah. Um, but the thing that I'm fascinated by with the entire story of the Jedi, not just in the Clone Wars, but uh, with what Rey wrestles with and what Luke is wrestling with when he goes into exile and all these different things is this idea that the Jedi are trying to walk this very, very high path. They are on the the quest for honor and they're going to make mistakes. Um, And those mistakes need to be dealt with, but it is honorable that they have set themselves this challenge to try to live this life where we 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 want to use our power to help other people. We don't ever want to become obsessed with our own power mm-hmm. uh, and become greedy. Uh, we don't want to take anybody else's power or decision away. But then sometimes that means that we can't act when maybe we should. So like they're everything about them is always this pursuit for uh, what is the most honorable. And they make mistakes within that, and it's easy to judge them. Uh, but it is, as this moral says, it's the fact that they set themselves this goal mm. to live the most honorable life that makes them honorable, even if they make mistakes. Yeah. And and I think that really resonates with me right now because I think, um, obviously, hypocrisy is not great, but I think, uh, and you have to call it out when it's a really big thing, but I think we play this game in society where we wait for one person to like slip up a little bit mm. and then we go, well, if that person ever made that mistake, then no one else should ever be held accountable for that mistake. It's all hypocrisy. Right. And, and that's just like, sim- to me, the simple childish way mm. of approaching life where this quote is much more about if you make a mistake, you got to deal with it. You, you got to take responsibility for it. But there is a difference in making a mistake when you are, in pursuit of trying to live honorably right, right. versus somebody who just chose to do something crappy right. without ever being on the path of trying to be honorable. Right. Uh, that's great. I love that. Uh, and this is why we need three and three quarter figures of the pursuit of honor. <laughs> exactly. It's just the uh, absolute uh, abstract concept. Yeah. But it, look, it's, it's, it's a, it's a connective thread that goes, uh, wrestles through the goes straight through the heart of star wars and wrestles with it along the way the, the justice for the jedi is uh, is, an, is an important thing here because uh, uh, you know all things you just said i don't want to remix it but good stuff yeah. that's that's great yeah i guess maybe the simple way to say this is i feel like this is a, a one of the things that yoda could have said to luke in the last jedi of like yep you screwed up in fact right. really quite badly and there are consequences but you know you have to forgive yourself because you were trying to do the right thing and, you know, get back on the horse and keep on the quest for being honorable. Yes. Director's cut. <laughs> Director's cut. That's exactly what you would have said. All right. Uh, let's get into the actual uh, episode. Thank you for uh, letting me work out some oh. honor feelings That's as great. it relates to the Jedi and, and our world. Uh, for you, what were the big ideas? What was at stake in this episode? I put, uh, in terms of big themes, let's see. I have, uh, I have... Choice, individuality, and trust in each other and others' choices, trusting others' choices, even if um, you always got to phrase this carefully, none of they line up with your just uh, with your choices, but just that if they've made their choice and it is in keeping with the pursuit of of honor and truly is that sometimes you just have to trust that that is right for them, if that makes sense. Um, uh, Greg says, this is your home cut, but my family is elsewhere. To me, that is uh, them expressing trust in each other's choices. So that's uh, some of the big stuff there. Um, I, I love the choice one. Cuts made his choice. Rex confirms his. 
And uh, I, I kind of like, um, like where it ends up. Are you going to turn me in? Do I have a choice? Says Rex. And he does. And he makes the choice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely this big thread of choice, right? Mm-hmm. Of uh, cut pushing on Rex to be like, okay, so why aren't you just a number? And, you know, the mm-hmm. great moment where Rex says, I, I don't know, I haven't thought about it. And cuts like, yeah, BS, you have absolutely thought about it. And, yeah. You know, there's this, this, there's the thread about honor, but there's also this thread about choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I like that it comes to the back in the end that Rex is really saying, signaling to cut, not only am I not going to turn you in, but like, I do have choice. And I do think about as an mm-hmm. individual, what I do and why I am not blindly following anything. I'm making my choices. For example, I'm choosing not to ruin your life. Yeah. 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 Well, and the individuality side of that, um, tying a little bit of what you said there, um, the, the moment where, you know, you we always can kind of examine why the clones take nicknames and different styles and tattoos and haircuts and all those kind of wonderful things that probably, you know, also make it a little easier for D Bradley Baker to do his uh, voices, but um, also <laughs> just in terms of themes and everything, I love all that. Cause we've talked about that before, but I love that cut kind of learns in this moment that, Oh, that's what, cause he, he left pretty early on, right. Battle of Geonosis. Mm-hmm. And to, be like, well, what, wait, why's your name Rex? Well, don't you, what's your number type of situation? I love that he kind of learns it to not counteract anything cut has done or cho- chosen to do or, but just like to, you know, Hey, for Rex, it's, it's kind of what you're saying in my mind, Joseph, that Rex kind of saying, no, no, there's, we've made, we have made some choices and maybe we're wrestling with things and maybe we're not admitting that we're wrestling. And I think a lot of this factors in with Rex later on season seven or even rebels. But I, I love that moment too of, of, of cut kind of going, Oh, okay. You've got names now. Yeah, yeah. It really is like they are ultimately going to make different choices because Cut wants to be with his family. Rex wants to be in the war. Those are both choices these individuals have made. And they've had this great from a certain point of view of like, okay, we're starting off kind of hostile to each other, but let's actually listen, find out where one another is coming from and realize that even though we don't uh, agree on what our own personal needs are, uh, we can respect one another's you know, point of view is because we kind of end up in the same place is, is the big thing to me. Yeah. 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 I love that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I kind of, I, I wanted to break it down just a little bit uh, for myself about, sure. um, you know, that this idea of honor in particular that, you know, Rex and cut are, they're both honorable men. And one of the ways that that is, I think just shown actively um, because it's easy to just say honor, right? And that's that's yeah. one of those words we know. It's a good word. Two thumbs up on the word honor. But it's really actively shown that for for both of them, honor means uh putting others before them in trying to defend and protect and save and help others, which is such a Star Wars thing, right? Going back to uh Anakin quoting uh, his mom Shmi in a Phantom Menace of that that's the biggest problem in the galaxy is that people don't help each other. Um, so that's really defined. I think gives honor a little bit of specificity and flavor in this conversation and the others that cut is honorably going to do anything to defend is, uh, his family. Right. Yeah. Um, and he's, you know, we get to see, uh, this great, um, you know, he's got the great line of, well, I like to think I'm merely exercising my freedom to choose to choose not to kill for a living. So he kind of expresses that he doesn't want to be a part of violence uh, but then he will also do whatever he needs to protect his family. He's got that great line to uh, his kid of, we never turn away uh, those in need, do we? Uh, so we really get this point, picture of of Cut, of uh, honor is important to him, and his family is the most important uh, reflection of that. 
And then for Rex, we do get the the perspective, which is one of my favorite things in the episode, is that he kind of feels exactly the same way. But for him, uh, the family is just the republic. Um, mm-hmm. And I love that we just get to directly hear uh, Rex's political beliefs. He says, uh, mm-hmm. what if I'm staying in the army because it's meaningful to me, because I'm part of the most pivotal um, moment in the history of the public? If we fail, then our children and their children could be forced to live under an empire I can't well imagine. And then adds uh, a little later in the conversation, it doesn't matter if it's my children or other people's children. Mm-hmm. And it really starts to connect their points of view that they are both making an active choice yeah. uh, to fight for family. They're just defining it in different ways. Cut is seeing it as his individual family far away from violence and war. Mm-hmm. And Rex is seeing it as like, I, I perceive the Republic conceptually and down to a a literal child that i've never met as my Mm -hmm. family and i'm protecting them exactly the way you protect your actual family right here yeah and this is to me putting it all together kind of an example of when you can trust each other and trust their choices and it's on the same path uh even though um paths might be a little side by side but it all flows in there and that that pursuit of honor that word we're thumbsing up here i i I love that. That was a key moment other than just the connection and you know, what's coming and he used the word empire. Uh, it has, um, I, I really love that. It, 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 the, to me, one of the larger themes too is like discovering who or what you fight for uh, is, is big in star Wars too. And I think that was a key moment there. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that there's a, a moment where I think Rex connects the dots, right. Mm-hmm. Um, where he's getting, you know, they're, they're, spending a little bit more time with each other. They're relaxing a little bit, <laughs> playing yeah, yeah. some to Jarek. Uh, and uh, Rex says in response to Cut's kind of horrific uh, history of, I've been in countless battles and lost many brothers. They are my family, my mm-hmm. home. So I, I like that it's not just something that we, the audience, can kind of see from, you know, a, a helicopter view. Yeah. That Rex really makes that direct connection of like, I understand where you're coming from, Cut. I just realized that's how I feel about the Republic. And really verifies for Rex that this isn't programming or propaganda, that he's making this active choice that the war is worth it to him because he sees it as protecting his family and his home, which is the whole republic. Yeah, you were absolutely working to where I was uh, going in my mind of this kind of also being this statement. This is why when I say this episode doesn't, 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 it's not yelling and screaming. It's this thoughtful episode of it's okay, us in life. And Rex is an example here too. All right. Yeah, I'm going to admit that I've been thinking about some things uh, or I have contemplated, but but maybe I can confirm for myself my choices. And it's OK to challenge those choices. And it's OK to wonder because then you might adjust, you might change, you might grow or you might find, yeah, this is where I want to be because it all lines up. Um, I, I love the I love that you said that Rex Rex is going through that and it's OK to go through that. Yeah, it's OK to question things. Yeah, I think that's really great. Really, really great. And 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 it, not only OK, important, right? Yeah, because when Rex is caught up with, you know, keep your foot on the gas, Anakin, and and to some extent, uh, Ahsoka, too, and and Obi-Wan, who's just like also like, yeah, let's question, you know, individual things in the moment as we go through our missions. But Obi-Wan's also like, hey, let's get the mission done. Uh, it would be easy for somebody like Rex to not take the time right. to question. And you got to think that this leaves Rex in a slightly better place for him to have gone through this exercise of of double checking for himself as an individual that this is his choice yeah yeah because there, there's always that fear uh, uh you know fear and attachment these big star wars themes are always it's it's this is kind of, this could be in a fear uh, a fear and attachment to what 
you know or what you believe um, when it's okay to maybe grow from that or move from that and not be just so like, I must be so tightly wound to this thing. And then someone's telling you, you're tightly wound to this thing. It's programming. And then you can kind of move and grow and let that, you know, kind of lead you to where, no, 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 I, I, I am. This is who I am and I'm stronger for it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and I think all this has uh, got this great contrast of uh, Grievous. Like, you know, this could have been an episode where you just picked up with the clones and they were on a random scouting mission and this happened. But, you know, continuing from the adventure with Obi-Wan doggedly pursuing Grievous, there's a lot of this stuff that's going on with Grievous that is such a great direct contrast to the honor of Rex and Cut and the other clones that... Mm-hmm this whole episode is Grievous being a coward. The whole episode is just him running away, you know? Uh, Whereas Rex, you know, which is this great contrast because at first Rex sees Cut as somebody who just runs away and Cut's like, no, I made a choice and this is is my place to defend and I stand my ground. I'm not a coward. I don't run. Like uh, like he says at the end, Mm -hmm. uh, when Rex says, I realize you're not a coward. But it's great to have this huge coward Grievous there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This whole episode being a coward and also the great contrast with uh, Grievous being selfish, that he doesn't care about his troops at all, you know, that he is letting them fall and die, <laughs> won't even let them ride uh, the reek with him. Uh, but this whole episode is about clones helping one another, including, you know, yeah. we, we're not going to leave Rex behind. We're going to find a place for him to recuperate. Right. This other cl- clone's going to take care of him. That Cut's whole family has the philosophy of we help others. So Grievous being just the typical a-hole to the droids is a great contrast. Oh, it's a wonderful contrast because even just the image of, and I, this is where you and I think of, are, <laughs> I think over the course of this Clone Wars review, you and I are uh, fallen a little more in uh, in like with the battle droids. Of, oh, uh, yeah. You know, those poor, those poor Roger, Roger little machines, uh, because they, they might not have no choice. They are the opposite. They are kind of what Cut believes the clones are. And, you know, there's some, questions to ask about the clones and the creation that's what this series i think wrestles with from beginning to end but to to, to cut back and just have the droids uh, as they're marching lifelessly on <laughs> to serve their purpose and dine along the way and they have no choice but to to move i mean that 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 is absolutely the cutbacks are very purposeful yeah and they they work really well uh and for me that's the other big idea in this episode i like is that I, like i was saying when we're talking about our overall reactions, I feel like this episode goes out of its way to point out the drudgery of mm-hmm. war and battle. You know, this great picture that war is not always a thrilling adventure. And the fact that this is happening on this really beautiful planet of Seleucami in this nice, you know, yeah. verdant farm really makes you go like, okay, well, which would you rather be? Would you rather be cut or would you rather be desperately chasing uh, uh, Grievous? Um, a couple other moments for me that, that bring that drudgery out. There is, you know, that uh, the moment where Grievous is not letting the droids, you know, rest and they are powering down is really just like, yeah, this uh, horrible march. There's an image early on of Obi-Wan kind of riding the AT-ATE uh, mm-hmm. and it, there's something kind of bittersweet or sad about it or desperate. It's got a little bit of a uh, Ahab in the whale vibe of this is what Kenobi's life is, just constantly kind of uh, plodding after Grievous, trying to catch him. <laughs> yeah. And it so, so uh, comes into focus at the end when there's these two Obi-Wan moments where 
Uh, they're trying to shoot down uh, Grievous's rescue ship, and one of the clones says, the guns are overheated, and Obi-Wan mumbles, always something. <laughs> kind of an, uh, just a good Obi-Wan line, but there's a little something more going on there. And then, man, it just, it's so rich at the end there, right? When the one Grievous escapes and the clone says, are you all right, sir? Clearly meaning physically. Yeah. And Obi-Wan says, no, <laughs> right back where we started. There's some great uh, acting uh, by yeah. James Arnold Taylor and great direction because you just get that, like, that true weight of everything in the previous episode, all all the hell that Eth Koth went through, all that uh, destruction, all the clones who died in that pursuit. It was also I, so I Obi Wan Kenobi could get my hands on Grievous and helpfully end this war. And now all of that it was just, you know, what was it for? Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. I love I love breaking this stuff down. Some of these Clone Wars discussions have been just my favorite in, in six years of of doing this show uh, with your pal. I just uh, <laughs> I love seeing all of it. And and, and I, this is an episode. Let's rewatch. Going back to 2010, I, you know, I, I loved it. I did remember it. I remember it. But to see all these connections and see the, the purpose again behind Filoni and team, and it's a big team, uh, uh, all leading to the man in flannel. Uh, these are these episodes that I love. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I'm getting so much more, you know, some of these moments uh, I really concentrated on because that's what I really responded to when mm. the, the multiple times I've watched uh, the Clone Wars. But it is really fun to really take the time to really track you know, episode to episode. And like that moment with Obi-Wan is richer because we've been going through and tracking how often the Jedi are like, uh, this war is really dragging, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and know that he's feeling that weight instead of just kind of bouncing through the adventure. Right. Um, any other big picture thoughts on ideas from the episode or do you want to move on to kind of uh, bigger pictures, uh, Star Wars perspective that's in this episode? Uh, no, I mean, I think connecting to the individuality one, I, I'm, um, yeah, we can talk about it. I think it also fits uh, with the larger uh, story. Yeah, so let's let's go for that. What are your thoughts on how this episode reflects the bigger picture story, morality perspective of Star Wars in general? Yeah, this I, I mentioned it, but the idea of finding the reasons you fight, finding your own meaning, and finding what or who you're fighting for, uh, along with helping anyone you can. It's so funny. you got these kids again. It's very reminiscent of Anakin and Phantom Menace, right, of uh, – these uh, these kids kind of uh, echoing the, the lessons that, uh, that are in the show. Uh, and, and the reason I put the individuality and I talked tied it to like the clones and their nicknames and everything. Like I said, I love that Cut learns about the names here. So maybe he's got something that he has to re, you know, just kind of look at again and, and reanalyze for himself. Like, oh, OK, when I was there, we just, we didn't really have that yet. Or we're getting we just had numbers. And and I love that Rex in that moment also try, tries to deflect it to something that the uh, the leaders did. I think the leaders felt it was uh, good if I called myself Rex. <laughs> Almost like he's deflecting of just what it means for themselves or for, for themselves, the, the clones. And so to me, that is part of uh, what this episode is trying to have them do is, is finding yourself, finding the reasons uh, you're here. Big existence stuff. Uh, like we keep joking uh, uh, here, kids, uh, analyze life itself. Um, but that's kind of uh, what Star Wars is about to Luke. I always go to Luke uh, going out on the, on the, the, the daydream of a journey to become a hero. And, and at the end has to throw down the blade. And I mean, that's pretty powerful and pretty simple. And that's part of the core of Star Wars. And this episode is really asking you, uh, you know, why? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you keep bringing up how much cuts perspective might get changed as well. And, mm. uh, you know, do you think that he has more respect for, the clones in general or realize that they have grown or changed a little bit since he left by the end of this episode? 
I think he does, which is why I really love this episode. Uh, it would have been very easy to just make this. Um, I don't even want to say anti-war, but just like to have him just like, no, nah, I left and you're all bad. And, and this stuff. but he, he was, he was, there were brothers too. And he lost them. And he said it. And, and, and not that he's going to change his path. Clearly he's not, he's got reasons not to, um, and reasons that mean to him, but, but to have him kind of look at Rex and get, maybe get it of like, you lost brothers too, but you also have brothers alive and you're doing this also for the benefit of, you know, down to the kids. You don't know, like you said so well, Joseph, but yeah, I think that that's the, this episode has some give and take, but it ends up in the same spot and it ends up both of them kind of confirming for themselves um, um, that this is where they both need to be and trusting that that is right for each other. Yeah. So I keep going back to. Yeah. And I, I think that it's, it's great that it's played out in the actions. There's that moment where, you know, Rex starts giving orders when the kids have activated the commando droids and they're marching on the farmstead. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then cut says, yeah, no, this is my house. <laughs> Here's my orders. Go protect my family. And Rex is like, sure, great. Of course. Yeah. You know, it's such a moment of respect between the two of them. Yeah. Yeah. You like how concrete that is. And I think that would have to help cut, see that, okay, well, Rex is not this programmed automaton. Yeah. And look, and it's, it's not like um, this, this uh, fight to defend the farm happens and Rex is like, see, cut. You should join the war. And Cut's like, you're right. <laughs> no, it's like they, they, they again, the, the confirmation of they're on the right path for themselves is, is in that too. And that's why I get this very purposeful episode. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think for me, some of the uh, big picture ideas, um, I like that, uh, that Rex see, has this political uh, perspective, right? Um, this argument that he makes that he is in this pivotal moment in the history of the Republic and, you know, they would be forced to live under an evil I can't well imagine. And that's bittersweet because you know that the war is a manipulation and people are going to have to live under an evil. But I also just feel like what I'm getting out of rewatching this, uh, the Clone Wars this way, is remembering what Rex has seen and experienced of the separatist army itself and its leadership. You know, we've talked before of like, you know, there's the uh, there's the Mina Bonteri and there's the uh, Cassian Andor's family and people who had legitimate political complaints with the Republic. And if Sidious stayed out of it, they probably could have worked them out with right, right. <laughs> Padme and Bale and a functioning government. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. those people are all, all get manipulated by the Sith and Grievous, too. And that's what Rex deals with on a day to day basis. He doesn't deal mm-hmm. with the people from this planet who have a legitimate grief. He sees the separatist army and they are bad. Like in this episode, we see Grievous's cruelty and his cowardice. We see these mindless commando droids attacking children at a farm. Uh, just the previous episode, Grievous made it extremely clear that his goal in life is to just torture and kill Jedi because yeah. he doesn't like him. We've seen, you know, separatists uh, recently making plans to profit off of the war. We've seen them, uh, you know, blowing up the... the uh, trying to blow up medical stations and, you know, just blow up ships with injured people escaping. So I think it's important to remember that even though poor Rex is being hoodwinked along with the entire galaxy, yeah. that his perspective of the separatist army is really, really valid. It's uh, he, Look, he's on the streets. He's seeing this and there's bigger discussions. And I think he's got to allow for those bigger discussions and continue to ask why he is here and why he's there. But, but to your point, yeah, you're absolutely right. What is there is there for him. And, and, uh, 
it's very real and, and it's honorable in its own way. So that, again, uh, another win for this episode, just kind of, uh, it's, it's 360 degrees around this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't, yeah, I don't need to uh, belabor this because it, I think it comes up a lot in these Clone Wars episodes. But, but I again just see that theme of organic versus mechanical really being brought to the surface with mm-hmm. how beautiful and flowing and organic uh, Salukami is compared to all this literal machinery of war stopping across it and the you know the Rex and Cut uh, debates about uh, names. You know, are are the clones just this uh, rigid, uh, all the same, or do they have individuality? Uh, I think that. That was great to see that reflected again. I absolutely look. It's a uh, it's uh, been a theme since 1977. It's gonna it's gonna be there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and also farms, farms and small communities farms. they pop up a lot. You could put together a whole. The Disney Plus could have a the farm episodes of the Clone Wars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any other thoughts on the big ideas before we take a quick break? Uh, no, man. Uh, there, there's even more to come, but this has been a great discussion so far. Happy to dig in. Excellent. We'll be digging into the action, the whimsy, the canon connections, all that great stuff in just a moment after this break. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Four Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at JenniferLanda and on TikTok as JenniferLanda1138. discussion of the clone wars episode the deserter let's talk action ken did you have uh, any favorite action moments in this episode uh yes i what did i see okay i just the overall thing we'll talk about cuts defense like this is video game badass right here absolutely like, he's definitely got help let's not deny that but good sequence there uh there's some really haunting about the activation of the commando droids with the kids and a little moment I wonder if this is on your list with that clone shooting that rocket out of the sky. Oh, yeah. No, you know what? I didn't. But that was so great that it was really great to cut back to like how long have these clones been at it that they can accurately shoot a rocket out of the sky? Yeah, I love that one there. So all, all those moments. Yeah, it's great stuff. Um, this is barely an action moment, but it, it felt really active uh, when Grievous yells battle positions and then we transition to the Desheric at uh, Cut's place. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, hologram action, uh, real action on Grievous's part, but that was a great moment. This episode does just have such an interesting relationship to action because it, it there's a couple of great action scenes, but it's not really about the action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um yeah, but the, that whole, uh, the commando droid looked like they have, like, that they're not fully powered, so they got a little bit of a zombie vibe. Yeah. Um, I absolutely thought of video game. I feel like I've played this specific scene in Resident Evil, like, a thousand times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In particular, where you've got a defense, and there's all these different places of vulnerability, and it it's super creepy, but almost that level of, uh, culturally, we've played this scene so much. You almost yeah. want to be yelling at cut, like the window cut. Not watch over the window. The cellar door cut. Watch for the. You like. I love that they pop through every point of vulnerability. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and I think my favorite just little moment. I loved it that it's a great mix of action and horror. The popping through the window and up from the cellar, all really great. But there's that moment where cut punches one of the commando droids, and its <laughs> eye briefly flashes red. Ah. Uh, oh man i'm always like don't punch metal don't kick metal <laughs> kenobi you know better yeah all these years and still he's got to go for it but that was just a great little action detail mm-hmm. that just made it uh, spicy i thought 
love that. Love that. Uh, anything else for you? There wasn't as much action in this uh, episode. No, just uh, co- cool little fighting things. Uh, you know, um, um, I do like. Uh, there's one point where there's one of the walkers that's destroyed, and I don't want to celebrate the destruction of clones, but I just had that kind of like cool explosion vibe. Which <laughs> Yeah, there's a cool shot of uh, Kenobi uh, landing and, and tensing yeah. and lighting the uh, lightsaber. Yeah. Great stuff. But yeah. yeah, in general, it was just m- mainly the uh, the desire to uh, hit the buttons for cut and help him <laughs> defend the homestead in that video game scene. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let's move on then to moments of comedy, whimsy, weirdness. What do you what did you appreciate here? I'll start with this. Uh, we, we already kind of talked about what it means for the episode, uh, but the droids kind of losing power, that whole sequence. It's I, I'm trying to remember. I don't, I didn't write down my star Wars thoughts in 2010. Uh, still a big fan, always been a big fan, but I, I just think I would have hated this sequence in 2010. If I'm no, if I know myself back then, I'd right. have been like, yeah, it's battle droids are moaning. And uh, um, it's, it's not, we talked about the great purpose, but I don't know why I am just, just my my love now i'm gonna just say love for the battle droids is just just multiplying each episode i just feel bad for them and it's like why are the droids moaning though like do they have that programmed in them to moan in pain and agony it's 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 upsetting to me <laughs> and grievous has this great line not this again like oh how many times <laughs> does it happen and then uh one of the droids uh mumbles yikes like somebody has a case of the mondays and it's just it's all great and i just love this sequence. yeah the uh power low shutting down i can't go on like mm, uh, uh just mind-bogglingly relatable with yeah. the, i can't go on uh, yeah, I love the story of the battle droids. I love their personality. I love how much of it uh, is in the Clone Wars, you know, playing Battlefront 2 and just getting to be a battle droid and their weird little personality of good luck turret when you leave a turret down as an yeah. officer and run away from it. Um, yeah, I, kinda, I like the story that they are. They are a connection to the clones. They are a mirror of the clones. They are mass produced to overwhelm. They're not meant to be that unstoppable or formidable formidable themselves in that way they have a relationship uh, to the stormtroopers of the empire eventually too just meant to overwhelm and no care or attention has really been paid to you know giving them i think higher end programming so they they have these kind of weird personalities where they feel like they have that they know their their basic uh jobs for the most part sometimes they don't but this like weird comedy is coming out of this sort of like we are not we have not been prepared for our actual job fully. Yeah, I was going to say, and you know, taking the Palpatine of it all out of the picture of, of just, you know, the Sith and, and what he want to do. But it, it, dare I say it's hubris on the separatists or the Trade Federation specifically in the beginning to be like, oh, we don't need it. We just need these lifeless robots that are going to go swarm and kill. We don't need anything else. <laughs> it's just like, is that your strategy? It's not working. I mean, I honestly feel like there is a little bit of it from George Lucas of real world, like um, what if uh, there was a, you know, a war between uh, giant tech companies, right? And right, right. And Apple made the fanciest high-end robots. And then like some other large company, GE, just made like, we'll, we're going to have 10 million more droids than Apple, but they're all just going to be crap. Yeah. <laughs> they're all just going to be like, you know, uh, you know, Lucas is somebody who lived through uh, 
the the version of capitalism where we'll build loyalty by making really really good ovens that yeah. never fail to we're going to make an oven that breaks every three years so you have to buy a new oven you know need that oven yeah and i think that there's a little bit of that sort of uh critique in the battle droids and i i you know find that in this sort of like it you almost get like <laughs> it almost feels like grievous is yelling at his you know uh apple watch like it's not the apple watch's fault it's out of juice like charge it if you want it to work you know it's uh, the eye soldier uh, versus uh, the Microsoft version. Uh, uh, and I, I use Microsoft products too, folks. Um, yeah, I, I love the battle droids are the shoddy ovens of the Star Wars. <laughs> I'll never not think that again. Yeah, so great stuff. Uh, sad stuff. Uh, funny stuff there for me. Um, yeah. a, a little moment with the kids. I, I like that this episode didn't lean into the kids being overly like, cute or wacky but there were some good fun moments i liked it when i believe uh jack said to his sister i didn't do it you did uh blaming his sister for activating the commando droids uh in bringing death upon their farm <laughs> it was just like it was such a like you know normally like ooh, we broke a vase you know yeah. i didn't do it you did and like what kids uh you're about to die <laughs> <laughs> is this what you want to squabble about yeah, don't press the button. Uh, some great stuff with the kids and, and Sue, their mom. Uh, you know, we always uh, love and highlighting uh, moms in Star Wars. She's she's a fierce but also uh, loving, uh, you know, parental figure for them and has taught them well. And and um, I, lo I love a lot of things there. But uh, there's a when they're at that dinner table there, I wrote down there was a there's Rex says something. There's the adults are saying something. And then they, you cut to the kids and they're just and they just look at Rex and like. Jack's kind of like stops eating and it's just, it's classic like sitcom comedy. It's really fun. It's a great beat. Yeah. Yeah. The other kids beat that I really like is uh, that they just perceive the commando droids is, is monsters. There's something yeah. uh, that they, that they have been away from this kind of tech or maybe hidden from it that they perceive that they uh, absolutely interpret it as it has to be something organic or mythic right so they say monsters oh, yeah. they're chasing us they hatched from the big egg <laughs> it's the really great point of the kind of organic versus rigid and like mm -hmm. you know i'm sure their dad is like actually well kids let, let's uh let's sit down and have a talk about where murder robots really come from <laughs> uh the great stork brings them uh yeah there's uh, one note too uh, in the in the battle back with um kenobi and uh, the clones and, and the droids the strategy droid at one point says, take the shot, which I just, that's such a just classic cliche tropey line, which is here <laughs> in Star Wars. And uh, that was fun. Yeah. Um, last one for me, a moment of comedy and whimsy goes back to our, our battle droids, maybe being shoddy ovens who are not at all prepared for us. Uh, you've got the high stakes of Grievous is trying to get on that uh, rescue ship and mm. Kenobi's trying to shoot it down, trying to stop Grievous, trying to make sure that, all this carnage wasn't for nothing. And then we cut to the droid who's uh, piloting that rescue ship says, hey, they're shooting at us. <laughs> Why are you surprised? Why are you surprised by that droid? Oh, the adventures of shoddy ovens. <laughs> that one really made me like uh, legitimately uh, laugh out loud of just right. the, the shock of it, you know? Love it. Droid comedy. I'm telling you, you know what? I'm looking back. I've always loved the designs. There's some great shots in Phantom Menace, even back in the day. I was like, that's oh, just good stuff. I don't know. I think it was the Roger Roger of it all. I really do. I was a little shocked the first time I heard that. And and I think you over time, you, you grow into it and it becomes, I even joked in the past, how on the radio at my old job, we'd said, and 
And so it, it's weird. So that's it, why I love revisiting these, these episodes. I think I just kind of fought against my initial reaction to Roger Roger and all that kind of stuff from Phantom Menace. And, and, and it's, 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 I just see it so differently now. Yeah, I think it's that old expectation game that we've talked about yeah. uh, a lot of the generation that grew up with the original trilogy thinking, ooh, they're the new stormtroopers. They're right. the deadly threat. And like, are they silly? Yeah. <laughs> Is the deadly threat silly? And the Clone Wars does, you know, has its cake and, and eats it too. Like, there's some mm -hmm. shots of them that's terrifying when it's a big wall of them. And, yeah. you know, they do deliver death. And they, they also do. deliver some good comedy lines. They kill. That's true. <laughs> Uh, all right, uh, we'll move on from the comedy of the clankers. Uh, let's talk. Uh, do you have any other moments of uh, comedy or whimsy? No. Or? Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, you're good. Okay, excellent. So we will move on to uh, connections to other canon or lore in Star Wars. Uh, I got a few things, not as much as some episodes, but uh, do you have anything you wanted to discuss under this category? Yeah, the Dejarc one is great. And yeah, you mentioned the featurette. And, and, and it's always a, it's, it's a, it's a fun um Bobbing for apples, you never know what you're gonna get when you <laughs> your head in the jar of the featurettes there, the barrel of the featurettes, because it was just Filoni talking about Dejeric. But what I loved about that and the connection of that is this again, going back to these episodes airing in 2010, was really the first time we saw Dejeric again. Like it was the first, like, hey, remember that thing? Remember that remember the hollow chest from Star Wars? Like, this is a, this is a spot for it. And yes, maybe it was in other books and everything, but it's in the general. Star Wars public now because of Force Awakens and we're seeing it and I love when it pops up again. I, I just watched Rise of Skywalker. I love that little open intro with Finn, Poe, and Chewie playing it. Um, this was kind of the first time. So that, that, there's there's a big connection and big meaning to seeing it. Right. I mean, that's really good uh, to remember that perspective of our actual timeline in the real world because, yeah, now we've seen it in Force Awakens, Rise of Skywalker, mm -hmm. Solo, right? Yeah. Um, but this was the first time they're revisiting it in that little featurette talking about uh, how much uh, that Filoni and the rest of the team wanted to make it look like stop action and get it right, you know? Oh, yeah. And George <laughs> and, being upset. <laughs> make them smooth now. Yeah, they can move smooth now. So make them. Yeah, that, that was a really great little insight. <laughs> yeah. And Filoni say, no, because this is how it is. And George being upset that he was working with fans. <laughs> it's just par <laughs> paraphrasing, but it just it was great. Yeah. Yeah. Coming at it from a, a fan perspective. Yeah. Uh, a couple things for me, just like to note uh, what planets look like in an attempt to sometimes remember them, because we, we meet so many uh, in the Clone Wars. And, you know, this whole prequel era really starts to get away from that original trilogy of like uh, the major kinds of environment or weather. They're all a planet. Um, yeah. So, you know, we've done snow, we've done desert, we've done forest. So then uh, this era starts to get a little bit more exotic, I would say. Mm -hmm. um, so I had forgot that Seleucami appears to just be an entire planet uh, that is basically uh, Descanso Gardens here in the Los Angeles area. It's a it's a collection of trees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's just like a, a ton of, there's some exotic, uh, you know, space trees, but there's like uh, some straight up palm trees, uh, a lot of them. And I had forgot that. I was thinking that Scarif was the first time on screen we'd seen palm trees, but no, Seleucami is like, look, we got palm trees. We got trees of all kinds. We're a tree planet. <laughs> tree. I, I want to go to a tree planet. I, I like want to go to a tree planet. It's, yeah. So it, it, I just thought it was uh, yeah. cool and beautiful and uh, uh, interesting to note as we go through what are the actual planets. Uh, mm -hmm. There's some other uh, other animals from other places who have yeah. made their way to Seleucami. Uh, who knows where the EOP started out? But we we have some quality EOP time uh, mm -hmm. in this one. Uh, 
Grievous is riding a reek. Grievous on a reek. That was a fun thing to Google to confirm that I'd seen a reek. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and also it's, it is just fun to see some of these, uh, animals that are from the prequel films in other yeah. contexts in the prequel era. Um, last thing for me is just, uh, tracking some of the clones that we spend some quality time with in this episode. Right. Uh, we have kicks Jesse and a hard case. Uh, and as we go through watching, trying to do a better job of following them, uh, kicks is the medic. Uh, and he go, he's, uh, we spent some more time with him at the, uh, battle of Umbara, that, uh, great Pong Krell, arc that we'll get to eventually uh battle of ringo vinda where some clone stuff goes wrong and then a lot in that final season uh battle of Nexus uh, with the bad batch and uh kicks interestingly his fate is discussed in that uh crimson corsair short story that came out mm. after the force awakens oh really Ooh. yeah yeah so he's he's got a little bit of a a, a different different path than some of the other clones because he goes I kind of don't want to spoil it because there was some really fun stuff. Uh, mm. And I got to track down that actual short story eventually. Mm. Um, and then Jesse is memorable because he's the one that has the huge Republican insignia tattoo yeah. all over his face. The guy who's all in. And uh, that was fun to, to see him again because I recognized him when we were watching season seven, but, you know, didn't connect back to what episodes is he in. Um, yeah, yeah. And he pops up a lot of the same places as Kicks, not surprisingly, since they're, you know, all part of the same group. But he's in the Battle of Umbara, Ringo Vinda, uh, Anexus. And then uh, he is right there at the very end, the Siege of Mandalore in, in Order 66 with, with Rex and Ahsoka. Ooh, yeah. Oh, that's memorable for so many reasons. But yeah, yeah. give me the face tattoos also one as well. That really helps to to differentiate. I think nobody ever forgets who who Jesse yeah. is. <laughs> uh, and then the hard case, uh, sadly, spoilers, mm -hmm. uh, it falls victim to uh, the brutal the brutalness of that Battle of Umbara arc. Uh, but it's always fun to almost every time the clone names pop up, I'm like, sometimes I'm like, okay, so yeah, I, I remember them. Uh, and other times I'm like, oh, are we only learning their names so it will hurt more when they die? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Anything else in uh, canon lore connections? Uh, yeah, you mentioned some of the animals, but Nuna's also there too as well. Love all that kind of stuff. And again, we talk about it off, but just again, it, it, you, five years, here we are five years after the, the prequels and all the, the conversation around it. And then suddenly you see a reek and you're like, oh, I, oh yeah, a reek. I, I, I kind of like the reek. And it just, it starts to work. This is what the series really did when, when you hear people say in a very general sense, like, ah, Clone Wars kind of made the prequels better. Uh, it just expanded it. But it also, and, and these episodes will dive into the themes and all those things. But when you see stuff like that and the new becomes familiar and the new becomes something mm. that you that you go, hey, I know that thing. And Leo DiCaprio gif, like, uh, it, it, it's powerful to me. And, 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 and so it's no small thing to see a reek or any of these characters, the EOPs, all that kind of stuff. Um, the new becomes familiar is such a great way to say it. You know, I think I think there are other fandoms like this, but I think Star Wars really leans into it that, you know, we love the stories. We love just watching them as is entertainment. Uh, but we always like making them a part of our lives. You know, they jump yeah. off of the screen and they kind of uh, become our own in a certain way. And by the repetition of seeing these things, they start to really feel uh, more comfortable and more like, you know, they're, they're a part of our fandom. Yeah, it's it's just a thing. Like I, I I I I make this joke often, but it's not a joke. Like being a, a such a '90s music guy and everything, and, and just a pop culture person. Like I I still see Foo Fighters as a new band sometimes. 
we're, they're in the Hot Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And the reason is because like they popped up that first album. It's like the drummer from Nirvana's got a new band and you just kind of forget that time moves on. <laughs> and you're over there like, oh, that, that new band's going pretty good for old Dave Grohl. <laughs> the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, apparently. Uh, and my old drama teacher was like, he goes, I, I still see Blondie as a new band. Talking Heads are one of the best new ones. And this was in the mid nineties, you know, like, uh, and I remember him telling me that in high school. And then I'm like, that's kind of weird. And then now here I am like that. And that's the new becomes familiar. And you just kind of look back and go that, that brand new star Wars is 20 years old. And it's part of the conversation, part of the story. And it's part of our, our landscape as star Wars fans. And, and yeah, episodes help do that. It is. Yeah. It is one of the uh, amazing things about uh, getting older and just remembering how differently we all perceive time. Mm-hmm. Right. Because for us, yeah, Force Awakens, it's, you know, starting to get a little bit older. And they're like, you know, people uh, who were freshmen are in college now. Right. People who are freshmen when Force Awakens came out are in college now. Yeah. Uh, and they probably think of Force Awakens as that really old movie. Right. You know, you know, people are like, I love listening to Force Center. Oh, that's great. When did you start listening to? Well, I was in junior high. Um, and, <laughs> oh, oh, and now I have seven children. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, and Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. No, go for it. Uh, the final thing you, you talked about, Desherik, I, I, I forgot to mention this. I love small note. And it's not sure it's, it's connected to uh, larger things or lore. I love that Rex is good at playing Desherik, a, a game of strategy. A, a game of combat, but strategy and, and how that's pointed out that he's good at it. Yes. Yes. Because it, it, it can be, uh, I think this episode also has a little bit of like, let's get Rex out of, uh, Anakin mm-hmm. uh, into Soka's shadow up to a point, you know, even with that line early on where, uh, Cody and Obi-Wan comment on how great he is, <laughs> you know, yeah, he, he is skilled himself. Great point. Yeah. Don't play uh, Rex at Dejeric unless you want to get beat. <laughs> right. uh, was there anything that you disliked or questioned in this episode? I am no parrot like my buddy Josh McCoog <laughs> and his wonderful wife Amanda McCougar now two weeks in. On their- I've been looking forward to this conversation. Yeah. Okay. Joseph, you're not a parent too. Uh, I'm right? not. So we maybe aren't the experts. I just want to state that, okay? <laughs> but if there are droids on the planet and you know it, because Cut says that at the beginning of the conversations with Rex. If you're here, droids aren't far behind. Uh, I'm not quoting it, but just that's the idea. Why would you let your kids play outside? Why? <laughs> Why? I think he tells them to, to uh, keep close, right? Sure, but that egg's pretty close. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He could have checked that out a little bit better. Okay, so you are, you're, you're, you're criticizing Cut's parenting. Cut, uh, I, uh, Sue, I'm, I'm not criticizing her. I, you know, uh, I'm, I'm not, I don't want, it's not, again, not, it's, it's not for me. I'm, you know, I, look, I was raised by a mother that said you could ride your bike for about 30 yards in front of our house and you got to be home in 10 minutes or I'm calling the police department. Right. Like I, I know I have an overprotective childhood and, uh, I, I get it, but <laughs> there's a possible invasion of droids. Just, uh, you know, I don't know, go into the fields and uh, come back when you're ready. Yeah, I mean, I think there is like an energy of we're not going to live in fear. Mm-hmm. But you're right. That is undermined a little bit by him going like, you're bringing the droids to my house, aren't you? You know? Yeah. Like, I'm not. This isn't a, a angry car plot point uh, destroyed video. But uh, I, I just I, in the three times I watched this episode this week, I was like, come on, come on. Don't let them play. <laughs> uh, all right. Here, here's my my big thing. And it is uh, related to the children as well. Mm-hmm. Um 
are they actually Cut's children? Do you think they're adopted? Or do you think because he's a clone, they aged really, really fast? Well, uh, here's what's interesting. So the answers are that they're adopted, right? Uh, that's that's the answer, uh, at least when you dig in, right, to to, to what's described. But the, the episode... Does not and 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 not that they need to say that, right? Uh, no, no, not at all. And yeah, I'm not saying that, but it's like, especially in 2010, I've always lived with the idea that those are his kids, and perhaps to your point, but um, apparently, officially, not the answer. Maybe that answer came later on. I don't know, but I, I, I can't. I, 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 I even kind of looked it up after this episode, as you're kind of, you know, uh, what are the names of the kids and this and that, and it's like, oh, okay, that's what it is. But because this episode leaves the impression that they are biologically his okay yes so did you find it on like their wikipedia pages yeah yeah if you if you dig okay. in and i think there's some uh there's uh i think pablo hidalgo says that uh, no, they're adoptive uh they're adopted um and uh they're from sue's uh previous uh relationship or whatever yeah okay yeah so yeah i i uh i only had a little bit of time this morning so i looked on the wikipedia page for this episode and i watched the feature expecting it to be like yeah no they're adopted right. i thought that's what the <laughs> feature might be about so i'm glad you found the actual information yeah uh, so i can put that question to rest yeah but but again i mean again you you watch it and i had to confirm because it's like you know and, and, and they look it, this is a family unit uh, but yeah so yeah interesting yeah, no, I mean, and I kind of liked, I like that confirmation and I like that, uh, that story because Star Wars does have uh, such a great history of absolutely honoring uh, that family is not just biological, it is not just blood. Yeah. And this is another uh, great episode then that really, really highlights that. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, and the kids are great. Like, you look like my daddy. <laughs> yeah. um, is there anything that we have not uh, talked about that you wanted to touch on? A couple little moments. Uh, almost ties into the Rex being good at Dejeric. I like that Commander Cody says uh, Rex is a smart man. Kind of talking to Kenobi like I like that up and coming Rex. You know, I'm Commander Cody. Uh, Captain Rex is a little rank below me here, but I like that kid. I like that kid. Uh, that was a good moment. Yeah, and Kenobi's response is, "But he always thinks he's yes. He always thinks on his feet. Yes, is, I think. yeah. Uh, always yeah. thinking on his feet, which almost seems like both a compliment to Rex and uh, and Anakin." <laughs> Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, similar, yeah. And then uh, there's a, a moment where Kenobi almost gets Grievous, so he wins the Coleman Trevor Award for this episode. Almost really <laughs> changed the course of the war. So close, but not close enough. Yeah, feel poor Obi-Wan's pain. Um, I think uh, for me, the other thing that I wanted to touch on is just sometimes we don't uh, make room for just absolutely gorgeous shots, and I like to talk about them here. Um you know, the end beat of Clone Wars episodes are fascinating to me uh, because especially early on, I think there was that choice to be like, well, we want this to feel cinematic. So sometimes we kind of line, especially in the first season, we line up the main characters. So it kind of looks a little like, you know, a new hope or Phantom Menace and they're all lined up. And, you know, every once in a while, it's I think the ending is a, a little off like that one with um, that we talked about with ah- Ahsoka just kind of staring out at the fleet didn't have that punch this is uh so far to me one of the best final shots it's just yeah. absolutely gorgeous and beautiful and you know definitely a uh, poster worthy but it's also just this perfect summation of the episode right it's it's rex uh with his helmet off 
but his helmet is behind him kind of looking back at us. So it is sort of celebrating his identity as a clone, but also the helmet's off reminding us of his humanity. Uh, He is riding into the sunset. So it has this great sort of like sense of, of resolution in in Mm -hmm. destiny, but he's also writing back to what he has explicitly just stated is his family. He's going back to the war, back to the Jedi, the clones, his brothers, uh, the Republic and all of the real uh, children within it uh, that he has made the choice to defend. And he's just riding into the sunset back to his family. Such a beautiful shot and summation of the episode of like why we told this story and what matters. And then, you know, the mash theme music starts playing. (laughs) Yeah, no, wonderful shot. All jokes aside. I'm glad you pointed that out. Um, I think so. If someone just suggested to us, maybe on Discord or Twitter, just like we should have the shot of the episode be, you know, a good poster worthy moment. And that is absolutely one. I'd hang that on my wall. Yeah, absolutely. Well, maybe we can uh, uh, keep an eye out for poster moments in the anything we haven't talked about uh, section. Yeah, well, the, whoever, uh, God, I, I want always want to give credit to people when we shop, but it was, it was my accidental apple juice moment when I needed to refill my apple juice watching the other episode with Barris and, and Ahsoka and got a great freeze frame accidentally. That's right. Yes, you were talking about your apple juice moment. Yeah, so there it is. It's the clone, Force Center Clone Wars apple juice moment. We need a poster of Ken getting his apple juice. uh, speaking of things that we celebrate every episode we talk about any action figures we would like from this episode who do you want from this episode oh absolutely i mean there's a lot of great choices uh the whole family could be celebrated in in plastic but i i want jack the son i want jack with crayon art piece (laughs) nice uh yeah i i think the the whole uh the farmstead the homestead uh set would be great but i think i really need a cut laquane dejeric challenge (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's that great, uh, great Chewy action figure, which I have, which I love, which Filoni pointed out in the uh, featurette of the uh, Chewy. It's it that comes with the Jarek set, and you can put his well, his arms are behind his back. Yeah, um, so I would love that with Cut Laquane. Cut Laquane. Yeah, <laughs> it, trying to win Jarek. Um, I think this is a big giant farm playset we're creating here. So there you go. Exactly, and you know what? I'll throw this one. This was in the uh, playset as well. Uh, what I'm describing is the can't even battle droid uh, that you hit a button on its back and it folds back into that fetal position of its creation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I love that it, there was one that doesn't fall over. It just, it folds back down like the way it is when it's in. It's so fetal position. Oh, all my life's a circle. <laughs> Sunrise and sundown. Uh, yes. Is Ken singing Harry Chapin on Four Center? He is. He is. So many emotions. Uh, all right. So next up is, oh, we're finally here, Ken. Season two, episode 11, Lightsaber Lost. One of my favorite. Uh, the big spotlight for Tara Sanube, one of my favorite Jedi. I'm so excited to discuss this episode. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for you to discuss. <laughs> and I'm, I'm excited, too. I love it, too. I'm excited to hear your thoughts and hear your uh, reevaluation of Tara Sanube. Yeah. But look, we've been broadcasting for so many years now, so many episodes. Uh, we all have our, the things we love. So, you know, when it's time for me to talk about a Y-Wing on a great bombing run, you know I'm going to be excited. And I know you're going to be excited and, and very, uh, very, you just have some wonderful takes on Tara Sanube. Yeah, can't wait to discuss. Uh, but for now, Ken, what do you think the moral of this episode of our podcast should be? Sometimes I write these down. Sometimes I want to feel how our conversation goes. So I, 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 I'm, 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 feeling, I'm feeling the vibe here. Um, 
even though you might want to, even though you feel like you're trudging along with no choice of your path, moaning as you grow, go, uh, you still have the ability to confirm for yourself that you're on the right podcast path. It's <laughs> because uh, I am moaning and groaning today. I understand. I am uh, moaning as as I go. I can't uh, go okay. on some days, uh, but then I'm rejuvenated uh, from from doing the podcast, which is yeah. great. Uh, do you want to tell people where they can find us? Absolutely. Uh, if you're listening and have been for nearly a thousand total broadcasts, you probably know, but we always love seeing new names popping up and we appreciate you here. Here's where you can find us. Four Center Podcast is on Twitter at Four Center Pod. We are on Instagram, YouTube as well. We always put some rebroadcast episodes up there. Uh, we are on Facebook at Four Center Podcast. Uh, you can get merchandise at tpublic.com slash user slash four center. You can get an audio book on us by going to audibletrial.com slash four center. And you can support us directly at patreon.com slash four center. We appreciate your support. You actually make our dreams and goals and our path. You make us moan less. <laughs> at, uh, <laughs> things like cool theme music, exclusive trading cards, all those things are all made possible by your support on Patreon. And uh, for our own stuff, you can follow me at Cadnapsock. Go to my website, cadnapsock.com. Link to things that I've done, wrote, or I'm on now, like the Good People Association. You can go to the gpa.fun as well to join over there. Joseph. Yeah, you can find me Twitter and Instagram at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can check out my website, josephscrimshaw.com, for links to comedy albums, uh, future shows, my other podcast, Obsessed. In particular, uh, this week, my wife and I had a discussion about the uh, the Muppet Show. Ken and I, uh, like Ken said, have been having fun just reminiscing uh, off air about the Muppet Show. This episode of Obsessed with my wife, uh, I lost control and just uh, could not stop talking <laughs> about the Muppet Show. It's been so great to reconnect, not just with the Muppets, but the particular magic of the Muppet Show uh, now that's on Disney+. Plus. So if you're interested in that, you can find uh, a link to Obsessed on my website, josephscrimshot.com. Uh, but for now, for myself, uh, for Ken, for the honor of Cut Laquane and his entire family, this has been the Clone Wars Report. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.